You're listening to a podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au where we celebrate talented Australian writers and their books. I'm here with Marion Halligan and I am just delighted to catch up with you, Marion, because there are many questions that I'd like to ask you. So welcome. Thanks, Suzanne. Well, first of all, I would like to... I'm reading your current book. (laughs) So I thought we'd start with your latest book. Could you tell me a little bit about how uh, the inspiration came to be for this book? Yes, it's quite interesting. It's going to be quite a different book. I had something quite else in mind, but really? somehow <laughs> when I started writing it, because I don't like to be too organised when I write things, I've got some ideas and I've got some notion of where things are going, but I do so think... you don't plot it all out no, or no, anything like that? Mm. Because I do think, well, you can use words like adventure or journey or words like that, which may sound a bit um, pretentious perhaps, but I do think that that writing a book's an experience. You've got to sort of work out how to do it and find out how to do it. And that's what makes it interesting for people to read because they go along with you in that process of discovery. So the idea of having it all mapped out ahead... I do map out a few things. Mm. So you had a kernel of an idea. I had a kernel of an idea. And I did little timelines like working out how old William's three wives were and yes. when they were born and when their children were born. So I got yes. that right. Yes. Because um, there has some, to be integrity You have to the have text. that sort yes. of integrity. And, and I quite like sometimes to think of, of those things as, as like an iceberg. Um, and right. you see just this bit... I know icebergs are a bit of a cliché, but, but when you see an iceberg, yes. most of it's under, underwater... Yes, but unless it's there, right. it doesn't work. So yes. unless you know all that stuff underwater, even if you never put it in, you perhaps can't work it out from reading the book what yes. those things are, but it has mm. to be right. Right. And um, I think that, uh, interesting you should say that, because um, uh, Peter Reese, who's, who's a historical writer, he said to me, you have to get your research 100% right mm. when you're researching a book um so that's in the, in the non-fiction but in fiction i think there's a lot of research that goes on as well is that right there's a certain amount of research i did do mm. a bit mm. i did a bit of research into orange people mm. and the woman who does funerals i don't know whether yes. you've got up to her yet no. but she um and she believes that uh, you have a lifestyle you have to have a death style and she likes to organise um, funerals for people. So I did mm. a bit of research into that kind of thing. Right. A lot of my research consists of going into my own head and remembering things. Yes, yes. Uh, the funeral side of it this, it interests me. My mother worked in the funeral industry for 30 years. Oh, And she? she's got some stories to tell, I, I can bet tell she you. has. Oh, that <laughs> but, would be interesting. Um, I um I noticed that um, with this book it's getting uh, it's it's got a lot of great reviews but I I saw your Facebook um, comment about um, a, about a reviewer who who didn't give you such a good no, review she did not and 
And I was very and upset the, about that because yes. with what's happened to the Canberra Times, the same one was in the Canberra Times, The Age, and the Sydney Morning Herald, and I thought, mm. yes. whereas the one in the um, Australian was brilliant. It was mm. by a person who just read it beautifully and understood yes. what was going on. Yes. Um, and because, of bit... course, reviewers are like readers. You know, sometimes they just don't connect. They, they don't, don't understand connect. where you're going. No, no. And, and so it's... Um, but I, I was really angry with that woman because she mm. decided I was trying to write like Joanna Trollope. Yes. Well, there's one thing I don't want to do, it's write like Joanna Trollope. <laughs> so he said, oh, she's trying to write. And she's failing. And I thought, well, at least I've failed. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> That's probably a good point, yes. Mm. But something <laughs> so, irritated her in the mm. book, which was interesting. I could tell that. Mm. I you really don't have got an up urge, her nose. You don't have an urge to contact such a reviewer to talk well, about it? Well, it's not considered the dumb thing, no. really. Um, and in fact, I thought putting it on Facebook was just a great way of of kind of mm-hmm. getting my irritation out there yes. without actually yes. making any any actual contact with yes. her. Yes, and it's been quite fantastic. A whole lot of my friends yes. have um, have written to me, and um, and they've read the book, and yes. they've really bothered to take time and effort to get it right. Yes. And think about it. And I was very... Um, and tell me what they thought about it. And I yes. was really touched by that. I thought that was very That's nice good. of them. And I think, I think that um, uh, what I find with, with um, authors who are seasoned professionals like you is that um, they're quite open to criticism, actually. Yes. Yes. You know, it's the emerging new writer with their first yeah. work that is so precious yeah. about their writing. <laughs> don't mind criticism I think you can learn from it and if you're not prepared to look at what people say and think about it and take it on board um, sometimes people it, it's quite interesting sometimes people write very enthusiastic reviews and you think mm. oh, what book did she read that's not my book she's talking about that's some <laughs> other book um, and and so admiration isn't necessarily a guarantee that they've no. got it right no but um, oh, it's a funny world, the world of book reviewing. People say Australia is very an art, small, isn't it? but it's absolutely an art. Yes. Um, but um, and some people are better at it than others. Mm. Um, there is quite often a bad habit of reviewing the book that you wanted to see that you, mm. you'd have written if you'd been writing this book yes. instead of paying attention to the book that's been written. And mm. I think that's an awkward thing. But anyway. Mm. But it's one of those things that writers just have to live with, don't they? Just have to live with it. And the fact is that at least if they're reviewing your book, they're reading it. <laughs> they're reading it. And it's very interesting. Um, I got an absolutely stinking review in The Australian once, and various people said to me, Oh, I saw that review in The Australian. Terrific, wasn't it? And I thought, What? What were you reading? And they clearly hadn't really read it. They'd, it was in a good place on the page. Yes. And sort of semiotically it was interesting. Yes. And they looked at it and, and thought, oh, yeah, and just kind of read the first sentence yeah. and the last sentence yeah. or something. And, and I thought, oh, none of this matters. It just doesn't matter. But I was quite <laughs> good right. that I got it off my chest on Facebook. That was quite fun. 
yes, so social media does have a, a place mm. for writers, mm. that's for sure. I'm having, not very good at it. I don't know much about it, and I can never find anything on it, but <laughs> never mind. <laughs> You'll get there. But um, so this book, um, uh, tell me about the main character. Did you know someone vaguely like this man? No. Um, I didn't really. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear of a lawyer mm-hmm. um, to whom a woman went to get divorced from a husband and ended up persuading him to leave his wife and <laughs> get married to her. <laughs> I always thought that was rather interesting. But no, I didn't the really know anybody love is intriguing. like that. It is very intriguing. <laughs> um, although... I mean, I suppose when you've lived a long time, you've come across most situations, most things mm. like that happening. Mm. Um, and it doesn't seem to me all that uncommon that people go... I'm, I'm quite interested in the difference between William and his brother Jack because Jack marries one woman and is faithful to her mm. and she dies and he he's not interested in anybody else. He doesn't care about anything else. Mm. Whereas William keeps going from woman to woman and doesn't seem to um, um, find satisfaction. And his third wife says to herself, well, I didn't know that he was like this. After all, I'm his third wife. How could I have, have got it wrong? <laughs> and, and she kind of compares it to golf a bit. She said, I knew he didn't <laughs> like golf. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It's interesting though that um, uh, you know I've been to a lot of funerals and uh, it's often the case that you find out things about people that you never knew. No, you know, no. Bef- before the funeral, you think, "Gosh, I wish I'd known that about that person." You yeah, know, it's very interesting, isn't it? It is very interesting. The secrets that are around and that people mm. find out, and that's one of the things you think. Because we all control our lives so much. Mm. We control the way we look to people. We control the sort of houses we live in. We control the things we do and don't do. I mean, we're all pretty much control freaks in our lives. But then you die and you have absolutely no control. You can't do anything. What happens, what people find out, what they do with you... Mm. You know, you have to just leave it behind. and you, Hopefully you as a writer them. you'll become even more famous in death than you were in life. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That often but, happens. <laughs> I'm very conscious of sort of owning things and mm. and and objects and that, mm. that people don't really want them, you know. And you mm. sort of think, oh, these things that were so important to me. And when I'm dead, people will think, oh, God, what am I going to do with that? Mm. Mm. I remember the same thing with... with my sisters and myself Mm. unpacking our parents' home and Mm. the big argument was not, I want that, I want that, I Mm. want that. It was, I don't want that, you have that. Mm. Marion, you have that, you should take Mm. that. No, I don't want that. And Mm. we argued much more about what we thought we Mm. should in a kind of pious fashion (laughs) hang on to than we did about um, the other stuff we didn't care we just divided that up no problem with stuff it's the sentimental things Marion I'm very aware that sometimes um, the criticism is levelled of you that you're obsessed with death oh is it now but I love your response to that 
because your response to that is death is a part of life. It absolutely, and is. of course <laughs> we need. And the to older walk. we get, the more of there, the more well, there is about us. That's right. And I think that um, I think as a society we haven't been. I wouldn't say that we haven't been obsessed. Um, no, it's probably not a terribly good idea. Um, but as I think, as a society, no. we, ha- we don't the think word. about death Focused enough. Focused is probably yes, the right word. Yes, we haven't word, focused on yes. it enough. We we have to be um, we have to be conscious of yes. it. I think, and and consider how passage. we're going to to deal with it. Because you know, my husband died, my daughter died. Yes. Um, and I, I look at, at their deaths and think how well they did it. They did it very well. Yes. Very gracefully, very elegantly. Yes. And I think that's I've something heard you to say think that about. Before. Mm. Mm. That's, that's amazing, some, isn't it? That's quite important. People find some strength in 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 those times, you know. Yeah. Uh, don't they? Enormous strength that you think, and you wonder whether I would personally ever have that that yes, strength yes. <laughs> and it? it's quite weird when you think of it because death is something that absolutely everybody it does, affects us all sooner or later <laughs> no death and taxes they say i mean mr hockey <laughs> says we're all going to live to 150 well maybe but not right now <laughs> just because he want to spread spread the, <laughs> spread the love is <laughs> working until we're 149 yes oh dear yes. so going back from this book to earlier books I um I first was aware of you when you wrote that story about my father the oh, photographer yes yes yes, um, yes. And, and you wrote it was a book of short stories I can't remember the name do you it remember was, the, it, it was, was called the hanged man in the garden and that was yes. one of the short stories in it and then yes. he was such an interesting character I wrote a whole novel about him yes that's right which was called uh, can you remember I read it, but I can't remember oh, what it was no, called. It was a long that. time ago now. It was a long time ago, mm. yes. What was it called? And then you wrote a wonderful story or novel, I can't remember now. I've been reading a lot of your work for many, yeah. many years. Yeah. About the Melba Flats. Oh, yes, yes. That That was interesting. That was an incredible piece. And, of course, for those listening, even Canberra people would would not possibly know that the Melba Flats, because they're not there anymore, the Melba Flats was a a housing commission area with lots of social issues. It was, it Mm. was. And, And remember, I had all the, all the streets named after flowers and, um, and there yes. was this suggestion: Why, why aren't people happier here? Why don't they make gardens? Because um, they were quite interesting. Those flats they were mm. um, they were they were architect designed, and mm. they were supposed to be state of the art. But mm. and they had a lot of metal walkways that got terribly mm. bent about and mucked around. And, and you know, the gardens were just weeds mm. and rubbish with syringes in them mm. and so on. And there was no pride. There was mm. no sense of um, looking after a place where mm. you lived, which was quite interesting. Yeah. Mm. Now, the book with your father in it was called Lover's Knots. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, uh, and very uh, loosely based because you didn't meet him, did you? No. No, I didn't. No, no. no. I mean, I talked. Uh, somebody told me about, um, well, Leah told me about yes. um, him taking the photographs, which is what I was yes. interested in, the yes. um, slow-release photos. photography yes, of, of Parliament House. Of Parliament House. And, and his that's name was what Attila. really mm. interested me. Mm. 
and uh, but um, he used to hang out the planes was, and all sorts did, of things. He did, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was Hungarian, man. but I made him yes. Latvian because yes. I knew a Latvian woman who told me a bit about Latvian names and things. So I thought I'll disguise it; nobody will recognise it. <laughs> ah, there you go. But people did. Yeah. Right? Did Julia yeah. say anything about that? I'm just interested. She only said that he used to hang out of planes and do yes, this and that. That's yeah, right. Not much so more. those early those early books were set in Canberra, and yes. you did a lot of local sort I of did. stories. I did. And then you moved away from that. Um, was well, that a, a perp- on purpose? Um, no, that you... it was just what happened to come to me. Mm. Um, I did some books about Newcastle first. Right. Off. Right. Very early on, because I lived in Had Newcastle. Had you lived? Yes, yes. And that was my hometown, and I was very interested now, in it. where did you grow up in Newcastle? In, in Merriweather. In Merriweather, right. By the sea. Lovely. Now, I love going back to Newcastle, and I always thought I'd end up there, by the sea. Yes. But I haven't. Um, you love Canberra. So. Well, I, yes, there's no way I'm going to leave now. And I like mm. this house, I want to stay in this house, so mm. that's something. And... Um, but I was thinking, you said that I'm obsessed with death, but the other thing yeah. I'm obsessed with is birth. Yes. That's a big interest of yes. mine. Yes. Um, and I'm very intrigued because when I was young, mm. an awful lot of girls got pregnant when yes. they were about 19 or something. They did it once in the back of a Morris Mine. That's right. It was the good girls. And, <laughs> they um, weren't bad girls. <laughs> and they got married. Yes, um, that's right. And, you know... Some of those marriages lasted. They lasted very well. They lasted as well as any other marriages. Yes. There were a lot of marriages that were hurried on a bit. Yes. And boys were around and they behaved very well mostly. The yes. boys did. They yes. married the girls. That's right. and, yes. and supported them and went through yes. things. And uh, and then, of course, it got to be the 60s and everybody said, oh, we've got, you know, the sexual revolution, we're free, yes. we can do it, what we want. But that turned out to be a bit of a disaster too. Mm. And when my son got married, I went to some um, shower teas for babies. Right. yes. And they seemed to me to be full of terribly unhappy young women who are all in their middle 30s trying to have babies and failing. Interesting. And um, and I thought, you know, we, we go along with this. Babies are funny things. They're, they are where they're not wanted and they're not where they are wanted. It's and this very has always been the case. You think of even somebody like Henry VIII. If yes. his first wife had had a couple of sons... None of any of that changed. would have been would have happened <laughs> at all, and and that's quite interesting too. But and of course, when you think about it, those young women who got yes. pregnant doing it once in the back of a Morris Minor, they were pretty young and nimble yes. and fit. Yes. That was the difference. <laughs> it was their youthfulness. I that love it. And anybody who could do anything in the back in of a Morris, Morris Minor <laughs> was pretty oh, nimble. My goodness. And and yes. so that's one of my great interests, and I realise mm. it's what I write about quite often. And I was well; these are the big things in life. They're the aren't big they? birth, the death, birth, death, <laughs> divorce, marriage, love, betrayal, yes. divorce. That's right. All of those things. They're yes. what they're what interests me. And I suppose as I get older, 
death is the one that keeps turning up more than well, yes, more than babies. The, older, the closer you get to that end of the spectrum, the more you tend to think about it. That's, That's true. Right. That's but right. um, you know, it interests me. You're talking about the younger generation and children. I went to a kitchen tea to keep um, my friend. Um, company because they're all young girls at the kitchen tea so it was her daughters and I remember standing on the balcony and seeing this young woman with three or four little ones running around right and I was just being polite and making conversation and I said and and um you know uh, what does your husband do or something like that and she said oh we're not married and I said oh okay and she said we're not married because we don't want to commit yet. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at these little children, Marianne, and I'm thinking, there's your commitment. <laughs> Poor little children, it seems to the, be a the, bit. The marriage doesn't seem to me as big a commitment <laughs> as those four children. Yeah. So it's interesting how different generations see things see differently. Things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yes, on the other hand, we had for a while lovely neighbours living there. And um, they'd been together for a long time and they had two children. Well, they had probably... Well, one had his 21st birthday the other day and the other's just mm. finished school, I think. And they're not married, but that's because they feel they are so completely committed to one another that they don't need to be married. They don't need to They've be married, They've got their yeah. children, they know what they're doing. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. They're quite high-powered... So People generations are different. And they what different do you think ideas. about your readers? Do you think they're of a certain age? Or do you think that... Um, Interesting what's question. Your, I haven't you, thought about that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I love your books, but I'm of a certain age yeah, and yeah. gender. And I'm just wondering I'll whether have have you have any, any... See if there are any young readers. Mm. Sometimes I'm aware of young readers. Yes. It's hard for an author to gauge these it's, things. It's very it? hard to tell... And you go to a literary festival or something and most of the people there are of a certain age. But then that's because young people have jobs and they don't tend to go to literary festivals because, Mm. well, they're at the weekend and Mm. that's when they've got a bit of time free and they want to spend it with their kids and they don't want to get babysitters again and, Mm. and go off. So you can't really tell from things like that. Mm. Interesting question. A lot of young women, of course, are in book groups. That's, That's true. That's a very interesting a very thing. There's interesting, a lot of yeah. stuff going on in book groups. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm fascinated by that. Are you in a book group? No, I'm not. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au. And if you are a reader or a writer, then hop on over to our website and subscribe.